chapters twenty seven and twenty eight of the long long trail by max brand this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty seven there were other visits on that afternoon one by one the valentine family came in for two were not allowed to be present at once charlie was first straight as a soldier before the tool-proof bars and as white as when he faced judd boone in dan carroll's place he tried to speak son said jess drear very gently you run along you're a clean one charlie i know everything you want to say i'd a lot rather have you think it than say it so long old man and the boy blundered out even the guards were moved by him and his silent anguish then mrs valentine and elizabeth for the exception was made that the two women might come and stand huddled against the wall and stare at jess drear it was dusk now but two big lanterns with powerful reflectors behind them were trained upon drear and made his face appear older more seamed paler than before also it kept his eyes altering between black shadows as he lowered his head and a flash of the pupils as he looked up and these also said nothing they thought that speech was forbidden but the mother looked on jess drear as some woman of the old days might have looked on a knight of the holy grail a man unapproachable tender-hearted lewis was next to last and he wept like a child the guards smiled and nudged one another partner said drear in a voice that the boy never forgot you ain't got any call to be ashamed even if these gents grin at you the day'll come when you'll be a harder-handed man than any of em a harder-handed man than charlie even good luck to you partner and lewis went out with his head high and he looked the guards fiercely in the face last of all the father came he was such a man that even the guards stood back from him they knew morgan valentine he spoke with a ring in his voice that had never been there since his brother died i've sent east for a lawyer he said and i've started to get at the governor i know him myself and i know he'll listen you're going to get every chance that exists drear then he outlined briefly exactly how his influence would be brought to bear all the little cogs that would be turned but in the end drear said valentine you're wasting your time and your money i thank you for it but it won't do any good law is law and a dead man is a dead man why looking at it impersonal i'd say the law was a joke if it didn't hang me so long after that it was night but just before the complete dark sheriff claney came in from the country he looked over his guards and noted their readiness with words of approbation they were chosen men he told them what their duties were just as a good general keeps repeating his instructions to his subordinates on the day of the battle to-morrow he said they would have him on the way south to the county seat surrounded by men day and night and well on the way to the gallows unless he were lynched on the way when he reached his own country in the meantime the thing to watch for was an attempt from the outside he might have friends in salt springs who would make an attempt the valentines were indirectly struck at in this four choice men patrolled the outside walls of the jail and they would keep off any surprise yet in spite of bars and shackles there must always be at least one man in the passage walking up and down and keeping an eye on the prisoner himself and if he acts queer don't take no chances shoot him down 
i'll be your warrant for it he faced jess drear when he said this and the tall man rose and elaborately bowed mr murderer claney he said as though acknowledging an introduction and claney showed his teeth when he grinned to be sure his part in the actual taking of drear had been almost nothing but the very fact that he was intimately connected with such a man would make him a household word throughout the mountain desert he would willingly have sacrificed ten years out of his life rather than see this man go free he heard himself talked of in the eye of his mind he saw future thousands point at him there's the man who sent jess drear to the gallows and the thought was sweet to claney after this visit the night watch began not that sheriff claney retired for the night he kept coming back at half-hour or hour intervals and fastened his keen glance on his prisoner almost as though he feared the famous outlaw would evaporate for a time jess drear smoked talked with the guards who grunted their answers and hummed softly to himself but after a while weary but unable to get into the little couch comfortably because of the leg chain and ball he slouched over in a corner with one shoulder against the wall the weight of the manacles seemed to pull his long arms straight down so that they almost touched the floor at least it brought his hands upon the leg irons as the guards saw him take this position of rest they were inclined to show one bit of mercy by letting him sleep out the remainder of the night if he could but the sheriff the next time he made his rounds cursed them for their tender-heartedness let drear sleep with the light in his face and did they not know that if this devil were able he'd kill them all in order to get away so the guards changed the direction of the light from the two big reflectors and focused it carefully on the outlaw and in that position he was forced to work with the light flashing full upon him in a way it was a help for even the most suspicious person would not suspect a man of trying to free himself in the glow of such a radiance with four pairs of eyes turned on him again and again a dozen times a minute joe chalmers alone would have been enough he was the most trusted of the sheriff's henchmen to him had been given the priceless key to the door of the cell it hung at his cartridge belt he had discarded his heavy sawed-off shotgun and instead of standing post he walked up and down the passage steadily hour after hour and the little eyes never lagged for a moment in their wariness there was something terrible something of the animal in this endless patience to understand it one would only have to watch the wolf slinking ceaselessly up and down behind the bars of the cage in sheer bulk of muscle he might have been a match single-handed for the sinewy strength of jess drear and he had the facial conformation of a bulldog the nose flattened away and the mouth and jaw huge while his head was that bullet type which is incapable of holding more than one idea at a time yet for all his bulk joe chalmers was an agile man he was proud of the precedence which the sheriff had given to him his pacing up and down kept him in the centre of attraction as he walked in a narrow ellipse turning toward the cell at one end of his path and turning away at the further end and the other three interior guards naturally fell back and allowed joe chalmers to carry the main burden of responsibility 
after all it was he who had been reproved for not following the new position of drear with the lantern light and it would be he who would be praised for their united vigilance he was a host of watchfulness in himself during all his pacing he never took his eyes from the prisoner except for the moment when at the end of his beat nearest drear he turned his back to take the back track down the passageway and during this half-second as the big man was turning the active strong fingers of jess drear made a single deft movement and between his fingers the stout little piece of watch-spring turned in the lock yet when the guard bent his eye on the prisoner again the hands were once more motionless even if a guard had seen that motion of fingers he would probably have thought it a convulsive movement a twitch of the nerves as the man slept for his head was fallen and only through the long sunburned eyelashes did he watch his guards and time the play of that watch-spring it was tedious work his arms ached from the awkward position he had only a second of contact through the spring with the lock within and after that contact he had to wait studying the lock in his mind remembering what he had done before guessing at the mechanism and ready with some new movement when the next opportunity came still nothing happened the lock held firmly the iron crushed into his ankles for the manacles were too small he had really given up hope some time before his arms were numb and the nerves asleep from the shoulders down yet he kept mechanically to his effort one twitch of the spring each time the guard turned at the near end of his beat and then he hardly knew what happened except that the spring encountered something which resisted and yet yielded and suddenly he felt the pressure of the iron about his ankles relax his legs were free they were free but not yet useful from having kept off his feet for so long a time the pressure of the iron had shut off the flow of the blood and now they were numb paralyzed he looked down the irons remained apparently in place was it the weight of his hand that kept them there he lifted his fingers the manacle still stayed in place but what if some unguarded movement should make the iron fall off with a rattle now that the blood began to flow once more his feet tingled and it was almost impossible to keep them motionless he set his teeth and the perspiration burst out on his face chapter twenty eight a movement with his arms was now necessary he covered it adroitly by openly yawning a sound that made every one of the guards whirl toward him but they saw him straighten a little and drop his hands so that the manacles rested exactly between his knees and then the pacing of joe chalmers began again and the others relaxed they were beginning to envy the resting figure of the prisoner once more jess drear began the subtle careful movements of a different kind this time and necessarily more open for each time that joe chalmers turned his back he had to fold his hands together and strive to draw them back through the handcuffs but the manacles fitted close and these tugs were far more obvious yet the looseness of the sleeves of his shirt covered the careful movements of his arms to some extent 
also the four guards were convinced that the man was now asleep only joe chalmers continued to keep his eye on the figure under the brilliant light still that patient work went on until his hands were wet with perspiration and the skin was chafed from his wrists indeed it was the perspiration which made the thing possible the bruised wrist bone suddenly slipped through the broad part of the hand was crushed together under the strain and now oddly light his hands lay free upon his knees he thrust them quickly down between his knees and waited though what he waited for he could not tell at least it was impossible to do anything with four men waiting there in the passage he suddenly realized how foolish how futile all his work had been yet a great happiness was surging through his veins his hands were free strength seemed to be descending upon him showered out of the air and then it came like a bolt on him hey jess drear he looked up there stood the sheriff outside the bars grinning at him had the sheriff seen all those futile efforts and now come to mock the prisoner with his knowledge or worse still was it dawn and time for the journey to begin he looked up beyond the brilliance of the shaft of lantern light and saw that the square of the trap-door onto the roof of the passage was indeed grey the early light of day despair fell upon him he was suddenly weak with it and this was what sheriff claney said drear i forgot to tell you angelina gets a slug through her head as soon as it's light enough for me to see her the outlaw was stunned the boys tried to ride her yesterday and she pitched gaston and then tried to eat him we're trying to put her out of trouble seeing that you won't have no more use for her claney said jess when he could speak give the old hoss a chance take her out into the hills and turn her loose the sheriff laughed sort of riles you don't it drear and the tall man studied him why do you hate me claney why does any honest man hate a man-killing thief returned the sheriff there was a long pause even the guards were stirred joe chalmers stood scratching his head and his face was troubled plainly he felt that all was not right but he could not discover just why only something did not please him i'll tell you why you hate me said drear you're one of them small-souled skunks that hate a man they're afraid of the sheriff burst into a torrent of curses i'll find ways of making this up to you drear but the big man did not hear him he said at length well good-bye angelina and heaven help you claney if i ever get clear of the jail the sheriff smiled again he had a most evil smile it'll be over behind carroll's place in the corral he said as he went out if you listen sharp maybe you'll hear the shot it'll be in about half an hour and he was gone the guards for a moment muttered together but their commiseration of drear was interrupted by a clangor of tin in the outer office of the jail and then a cheery voice calling chuck boys leave one of you gents to keep watch and the others tumble out here and have a doughnuts and coffee it brought a shout from the three but joe chalmers shook his head i ain't hungry he said this is meat and drink for me he gestured at the prisoner in the cage so the three went out 
they left the door wide one of them came back and stood in the lighted opening tempting their companion with a steaming cup and a handful of doughnuts but joe chalmers shook his head doggedly and went on what if something happens he said who'll get the blame you gents have your lunch i don't need none he took a tug at his belt and continued the pacing grumbling in his deep voice he vented his anger by pausing at the bars and glaring at the prisoner then he resumed his pacing but the moment he was on his way a change began to take place in jess drear's position he did not wait now for the guard to have his back turned before he began to move he had not time for his plan was formed and in that plan the saving of every available second was essential he began to move but very slowly gradually steadily he drew his hands back he straightened by fractions of inches he pushed himself forward on the bed so that his weight fell more and more on his feet then when he had gone as far as he dared he began to gather himself for the attempt if it failed there would be either instant death or else a certain death in the future but he was ready for the chance he began to gather his muscles under him as the football linesman crouches and grows tense as he hears his quarterback calling the signal and knows that the next play is coming his way his way and the goal inches ahead down the passage swung the bulky form of joe chalmers he paused halfway had he seen no he went on again he turned at the end and the moment his eyes had swung away drear sprang one leap swept him out of the shaft of light across the cell and up to the bars the back of joe chalmers was squarely turned but as though he had eyes in the back of his head perhaps some play of shadows had startled him he whirled it was too late for the outlaw to swing the handcuffs with which he had intended to strike down the guard in mid-air literally he saw the big man swerve and changed his plan his feet struck the stone floor he bounded forward again and just as chalmers swung fairly about the fist of drear drove out the length of his sinewy arm with two hundred pounds of plunging weight behind it the blow struck chalmers fairly on the point of the chin and flung him back against the wall back against the wall that was the thing that broke the heart of drear for if he fell there chalmers body would be out of reach and it was even doubtful if he would fall the brutal jaw might have absorbed the shock without transmitting enough of it to daze that brutal mind now chalmers stood with sagging mouth his shoulders against the wall his eyes utterly senseless his knees buckled he sank gradually and then rolled on the floor hey joe fall down drear waited his heart knocked at his teeth but the question was not repeated looking through the open door he saw big shapeless shadows brushing across the further wall he could make out the caricature of a head then he dropped to his knees and stretched out his arm his fingers fell short of the senseless body he tried again grinding the flesh of his shoulder against the iron and this time his fingertips reached the shirt he gathered it into a handful cautiously and when his grip was sound tugged the big body slowly toward the bars 
the shirt began to give way under the strain and before it should tear with a loud noise he shifted his hold and this time he barely was able to reach the belt now the body came easily enough the legs and the head trailing behind it was near it was close to the bars one moment of fumbling and the key was in the hand of the outlaw now a door opened into the outer office there was a tumult of shadows on the wall as jess ran silently to the door chalmers booze that call could not go without an answer to the devil with the booze jess drear answered deepening his voice as close as possible to the tone of the guard and in the excitement of the moment in the office they did not note the difference now the lock gave under the key silently for it was well oiled and new a moment later jess drear stood with the belt of chalmers buckled around his waist and a gun in his hand well for the guards in the outer room that one of them did not look in on the prisoner at that moment yet he was still far from liberty far indeed for the only two exits lay either through the office itself or through the skylight and out on to the roof he turned the chances swiftly in his mind he might rush through that outer office and escape without being shot in the flurry of excitement but the chances were large against him on the other hand if he gained the roof there were the four men who walked their posts one for each side of the prison yet the dull light of the dawn would make for bad shooting he made up his mind and drew back for a run and a jump at the edge of the trap door End of chapters 27 and 28